0: Each season, Guys Telling Stories seeks out fascinating people with a good story to tell. I'm Bill Easton, the man next to me, Rich Douglas. We're a couple of guys who love a good story, so join us on our quest as we find fascinating people with a good story to tell. This is Guys Telling Stories.
1: Welcome to Guys Telling Stories, everybody. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, the listeners. Or happy New Year to you, Bill. Yeah. Bill, I'm laughing already. I've been watching uh, these videos all day.
0: He has almost 200 videos on his YouTube channel, and I, you know, you go you through. You counted them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't count them. Like what? It says when you go to his channel. How many. Oh, okay,
1: okay. <laughs> I've just been clicking on like the next one, next one. Yeah, I'm laughing because I, I can't wait to hear the stories from our guest today, Charlie Todd. We'll get into uh, we'll get into his story a little bit more. But uh, I was thinking back, Bill to uh some of the experiences we've had together that uh that Charlie's stories remind me of and you remember when we were uh on vacation and we did the silent dance party yes yeah and then I think yeah. it was I think it was the same night I can't remember if it was like before or after where we we ended up um singing karaoke too in bathrooms in bathrooms <laughs> so, so was, I'll tell you the silent disco story we were having dinner on on our on our vacation mm-hmm. And there was like a couple of activities we could go do after. And I think it was, um, you know, go see a, a show or they were going to do karaoke. They're going to do one of those silent disco dance parties. Mm-hmm. And we walk into the room and I had never seen one before. I don't but, know
0: if uh, you it was my first had. time. Okay. I think, you know, we might have walked by one in Vegas, but it wasn't in a room like this. Mm-hmm. So it, you just kind of, there's all this stuff going around.
1: Yeah. A lot of noise outside in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We were, we were inside and we walked past this room and, and there's a DJ, and he's sort of like moving his arm in the air, but there's no music. And mm-hmm. there's people with headphones on, and there are three different colors. I think it was like red, green, and blue. And we still have no idea what's going on. And everyone's just dancing and high Some people fiving. are singing. And yeah, some people. And then every once in a while, you hear like... Oh, yeah, Oh the, exactly yeah. <laughs> but only some of the people are doing it and it looks so strange and absurd at the time but we ended up getting a pair of headphones and you realize that you can go dance to so like three different stations and mm-hmm. if you don't like the song that's coming on you switch to the other switch station up? yeah and I think that got us going that night because uh, do you remember the the, the karaoke with the bathrobes? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that had nothing to do with the alcohol at all. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. was the. <laughs> they had no beers that night.
1: Yeah. Um, but kind of set that up a little bit. What was going on with the karaoke? Because I, I can
0: talk uh, about the... we, That guy was running. Uh, it that was the same guy that was doing the, the jokes. Mm-hmm. He like, was the, like the, the a guitar guy. He was like a singer, comedian. Karaoke? Uh, karaoke all mixed into one or something think, yeah he gave remember he made us cds or oh, we well, bought a cd of i think his, he gave us the cd he because, might have given it to us
1: because we helped him out with uh, his dirty songs his <laughs> dirty song cd <laughs> they were filthy i can't remember his name right now me neither but he would he would tell some jokes while singing and then at the end he would bring you up for karaoke but he would play and sing along too and he yeah. had a guitar and stuff so it was kind of cool yeah and for those of you familiar with Bill and I, you know that we always do karaoke. We've got a couple of go-to songs, and I think we were going to do "Country Roads." Mm-hmm.
0: Country robes.
1: Well, robes. I th- we got That's the, the after the silent disco. We got the idea. Well, let's go grab, let's go grab the
0: bathroom. Yeah, they gave us like, bathrooms. We may as well wear them.
1: <laughs> yeah, out of our rooms and 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 go sing that. <laughs> And again, it's a spectacle. You walk by, you got two guys singing Country Roads, but they're wearing white bathrobes, singing Country Robes. And keep me warm. Keep me warm when it's country cold. Ro- when I, it's I don't remember the warm. words we made up. I don't know. But you get the whole bar singing, and then that person who's sitting in the corner or maybe that group that's walking by wondering what's going on you know, at this bar, they end up hopping in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was
0: one of the most fun nights. Sometimes you got to create your own fun, especially when you're around a bunch of old people. Yeah, exactly. Kinda, this, these videos remind me of people that are creating their own fun, um, but not to the point where, I don't know, some of them look like they're disturbing people, but it, it, yeah. most of it is just kind of like... This is just like positive... What uh, What is going
1: on? Like, awesomeness. And, and, and to bring it back around to our guest today, Charlie Todd, he's an innovator that started making hilarious, like, positive prank-style videos that were perfect for YouTube before their, YouTube was even around. He's he he hasn't the annual event that we'll talk to him about uh, held in cities around the world. It's,
0: dance off, dance off. Yeah,
1: sort of. It's the no pants subway oh, ride. That's close. It's taking place this month. It actually, just happened, but it's uh, where people wear no pants on the subway. Yeah, just, it was just a couple of days ago. Just a pair of underwear or two or three if it's really cold outside. <laughs> and and the best part is you take this subway ride without really acknowledging the fact that that no one else. Is wearing pants on the subway route. Yeah,
0: and they don't talk, and they're not laughing and giggling. They are in character and serious and like just pretending that they forgot to wear pants. Yeah. And they're going to work.
1: So it's like an event, or, or maybe a better word is like a, like a mission you got to accomplish. And it might sound absurd, but this has been going on for roughly 20 years now. And Charlie and his company started this event and countless others where you know, people get together and they just have an absurdly fun time. And his company, Improv Everywhere, is uh, so successful we want to hear about how that got started and, he, and billy also he hosts his own podcast awesome yeah well that's, that's good very talented Less guy audio i have
0: to worry about here
1: <laughs> he'll sound very professional <laughs> he's uh creative he's talented so uh let's do it you ready yeah let's talk to him all right let's talk to charlie hey charlie welcome to the show thanks
2: for having me on guys
1: absolutely You know we're pretty excited because Bill and I were sharing some stories uh, before we gave you a call, and uh, we've done a lot of fun stuff like this.
0: Yeah, except we don't have a YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, except we never never like
0: (laughs) video record anything, (laughs)
1: and uh, most of it's like just one step in. Like
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) most of it's always just me doing it too.
1: (laughs) Well, he gets me to play along. So, Um, but before we get too too far into it, where can people find a little bit more about you and uh, your company online?
2: So you can go to dot com to see the archive of everything we've ever done, uh, as well as our YouTube channel, which is improv everywhere. And, uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Charlie Todd. And I also host my own podcast, a political podcast that my wife and I do together, which is called two beers End, uh, which you can find wherever you get podcasts.
0: Normally, we wear two beers in when we do these, but not today. <laughs> I'm sober, too, for the record. I got yeah. some coffee in me right now. Yeah,
1: for, for the record. Yeah, not this time around. Well, you know, when people are listening to this, your 17th annual No Pants Subway ride would have, would have just taken place. So I was wondering if you could maybe start off by telling us the story behind that.
2: Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, that's an annual event that we do every year here in New York City. And it now happens in cities all around the world as well. But it started as uh, just an idea that I had back in January of 2002, um, and the thought was, what would happen if you're riding on the train, in the middle of winter, January New York City, and somebody got on wearing a winter coat, hat, scarf, and gloves, but they didn't have pants on; they're just in their in their boxer shorts, um, and that would be weird. But what would but what would be really weird is if at the next stop. A whole subway stop away, the doors open again, and a different person got on, dressed the same way, without pants. And that the two people would act like they didn't know each other and act like it was just a coincidence. <laughs> so that was the original idea, and that's the video that we made way back in 2002. We had seven different guys who entered the train at seven consecutive stops in their underwear Um surprising and delighting all the random people who happen to be in that subway car
0: that's great that's totally something i i've thought of
2: (laughs) (laughs) really yeah you know it's funny that you say that because i a lot of people make that comment to me of like oh yeah you guys do the things that you know, when I've had a couple of beers at the bar with my friends that we talk about doing, we should do this. So I I think, you know, the only thing that was different on my end is that I had those same conversations at the bar and then woke up the next morning and sent an email to those people and said, Hey, let's do it Saturday. (laughs) And and I just started, you know, uh, I I was 22 years old when I started this project and I I was, you know, didn't have a lot going on in my life other than having a a day job. And I just moved to New York city and I was you know, hungry to be doing things. Um, so I just started going out, and whatever weird idea we had, we went out and tried, and, and that's how improv everywhere got started.
0: Well, that's the city to do
2: it.
1: There's an, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in New York City. Yeah. Anyway, you it almost, almost got to yeah, you almost got to like tune it out. Like <laughs> it has to be kind of really weird, maybe to get everybody's attention and stop Cause them. Because
0: you'll find one guy without pants, and that's just a good Saturday. <laughs> no,
2: that's but absolutely true. You know, yep. Yeah. That was a that was I think a real blessing for us is that is that the group is based in New York and. You know, what, I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. Um, you know, it, it, it's pretty, pretty easy to do something weird and stand out there. Um, but yeah, here in New York, people have seen everything. And that's what challenged us to come up with ideas that were a little more elaborate and uh, a little more over the top. So to get New Yorkers to actually take their headphones off and, you know, react.
0: And there's more than one car. So logistically, there actually has to be some preparation and thought for this.
2: Well, so the No Pan Subway Ride, as we said, it was seven people in the first one. But uh, in recent years, we've had the neighborhood of three to four thousand people participating in New York City. Um, So we actually use 10 different trains, 10 cars, a train. Uh, so you, you you get it down to about thirty people who are participating on each train car, and then you divide them up by stop. So it's you know a couple people mm-hmm. at each stop. Uh, so yeah, it's this massive puzzle that I have to figure out every year. And, you know, I, I made a real mistake in two thousand three by doing the second annual no pants subway ride. <laughs> I didn't I, did, I didn't realize it at the time, but it trapped me into maybe doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, for
1: people who haven't uh, seen this, you got to look it up because it's not just, like you said, seven people doing it anymore. It's thousands, and it's like a pretty diverse group. You've got little kids, parents, uh, old folks, all different types of people. And to me, I mentioned it earlier, like uh, they're, they're not even necessarily acknowledging that – each other are not wearing are not wearing pants. So I think that's that's part of the comedy of it. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, and that, that diversity is something I'm really proud of because the, you know, the original project in 2002 it was Seven white dudes who were in their early twenties. You know, just some of the my college friends who I, I you know, moved to New York with. Um, but yeah, these days it's it's a real representative sample of New York City, and it's you know probably 50, 50 male male-female. And I, I have a um, three-year-old who I'm going to be bringing this year. He's this will be his third year doing it. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's great that how, how diverse it's become.
1: Awesome. Well, what's the uh, what's the story that brought you to to New York? Or originally, you know, coming from South Carolina.
2: Well, I, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I was very interested in comedy. Um, my grandfather, who actually uh, I share a name with, he, he passed away before I was born, but his his birthday was April Fool's Day, um, and. My my dad was a big April Fool's Day fan and would always try to prank my sister and I in some way on April 1st. And that was, that was my, my favorite day of the year growing up as a kid. So I always had an interest in comedy. You know, i, I watched watch Saturday Night Live. I, I'd set my VCR to tape Saturday Night Live every Saturday and watch it first thing Sunday morning. Um, and then I went, went to college and I got involved with theater. I went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And uh, started getting into improv comedy there as well as theater. And I moved to New York to pursue those things Um, and moved up here not, you know, knowing more than a dozen people who lived in the city. And I I got excited about the potential of being an unknown person in this city of eight million people and that I could pretend to be anybody I wanted to be. I I could, uh, you know stage a a scene in a subway car or in a bar or in a public park and I wouldn't get recognized by you know family friends like I would maybe in in South Carolina so um, that sort of inspired me to do these undercover performances.
1: So uh, first starting out I'm thinking mom, dad you know if you have brothers and sisters uh, what did they think about dressing up making these funny videos filming pranks?
2: Yeah, well, you know, starting in 2002, this is about four or five years before YouTube existed. So, you know, I was making these projects. I first owned a GeoCities website, uh, and it was, you know, mostly text and some small um, photos from, you know, this new technology called a digital camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, my family wasn't really, they weren't seeing videos for a while of, of what I was doing, but they would go to the website and read the website. My mom, dad, and my sister were we're all very supportive. Um, you know, I think maybe at first they thought, it seems like Charlie's kind of getting drunk in bars and doing weird things, yes. <laughs> um, which was which was pretty accurate. Um, but then they started to realize, but yeah, this stuff's pretty good, and, and he's getting 30 people to go to a bar and do a weird thing together, so something's going on here. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the group just grew over time, slowly in the first year or so. But the, the second annual No Pants Subway ride had about, Twenty people show up, and then the third annual No Pants Subway Ride had forty people show up, and it just it kept growing. Do
0: you have any sponsors for this event?
2: For the No Pants Subway Ride, we do not. Um, it's it's sort of a deliberately fun, free, independent event. Yeah. But we do work with brands. Um, you know, it's funny we have this history of of being thrown out of uh, retail stores and doing these sort of guerrilla, unauthorized pranks. Um, but as we become bigger and bigger on YouTube and more and more well-known when we have brands coming to us. Sometimes the very brands that kicked us out of their store come to us and say, hey, can we sponsor you guys to do something? Or can we hire you to make a video for us? And, uh, you know, it, it, that's become part of our business. We we do the fun, free, you know, independent things uh, for ourselves and get hired as a production company to make stuff for other people.
1: That's fun. It is. And, I, you know, your, what, your story from like maybe 2005, six, seven reminds me, we had a few friends kind of go off to college, off to Los Angeles. They wanted to start making videos. And like you said back then before YouTube, that seemed extremely sophisticated. Like, how, how are you doing this? And I remember they, they made a DVD. It was a video power hour and it was their favorite movie clips. Every minute would be uh, some awesome lines or some uh, awesome scene and you're supposed to take a shot of beer. And, ah. and by the end of the video power hour i think what did oh, you drink? So it was
0: power hour video
1: yeah so imagine getting your who friends did this? around do i know who this is uh, It was dave and his buddy tony okay and uh, and they're out now dave. they're they're out in los angeles still doing awesome still drinking every every minute <laughs> for an hour <laughs> i think their latest project is the reboot of uh, DuckTales, if you remember that cartoon oh
2: yeah 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 i think i I have some friends who are doing voice acting on that. That's
1: awesome. Exactly. Yeah, but for for the nostalgic sake, I actually hung on to the DVDs. I just couldn't bear to throw them away. We got to play.
0: Yeah. We, we should do it in our next podcast.
1: It's not even HD. You end up drinking, I think, five beers. It's way way too way That's too much wh- for how
0: long is <laughs> a podcast? We do this for like an hour. Every every minute. <laughs> yeah. Just every minute. Excuse me. Uh, we it's gotta. I'll be right back. We'll and do just, fa- yeah.
1: Facebook Live. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I did a couple of uh, power hours in college and I remember my my senior year their a <laughs> friend convinced us to do a malt liquor power hour. It was not a good not a good idea. Don't do not recommend. It. No. No. Uh, <laughs> but, but it is funny thinking about like you know DVDs like we used to sell DVDs uh, on our site and you know even even in the early YouTube eras so it was like the 240p grainy terrible quality video online so we sold quite a bit of DVDs to people who just you know wanted to actually see nice quality versions of the things we were doing
0: so do you get copied a lot are there other um individuals or groups who are like that's cool i should do that like he seems to do this for a living this is something i could do has that happened to you
2: yeah we definitely inspired a, a lot of like-minded groups to pop up around the world um you know the no Pants i'll be right is a good example where that's an event that we started and then a few years into the event somebody emailed me and said hey can i do this in chicago and i was like yeah sure um, and then all of a sudden, you know, more and more cities uh, started doing it. Um, in, in recent years, we've had upwards of 60 cities around the world participating in it in the same day. And these are all just other independent people who are, you know, creating a Facebook event and recruiting friends and, and mm-hmm. having it sort of spread virally in their own cities. Um, and, you know, people there have been other projects we did. I think most notably, we we did a project in Grand Central Terminal where we had 200 people freeze in place for five minutes. Oh, yeah
0: I, I, so, yeah, I know this one.
2: Yeah, that's sort of our greatest hit. I think that has almost 40 million views on YouTube. Um, but we we had, a, you know, it was a 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, and there's people going to their trains, and there's tourists in Grand Central Terminal, and then all of a sudden, half of the terminal just freezes in place and stands still, you know, making it seem like time had stopped.
0: What did and, that statue challenge, was that, was that like... Did that stem off of this? Remember they were doing that? At the That's end of the right. The mannequin challenge. The mannequin that was, challenge. It, was so,
2: yeah. it was so, yeah, that was like a year or two ago. It was so funny to me when, uh, when that was going viral. Cause it was like, well, we sort of already did that back in 2007.
0: I'm sorry. I interrupted um, you a little. So finish that. I want to hear it.
2: Oh no. Yeah. I was just gonna say what was interesting about the project is one, when it went on YouTube, it, it took off and it got like 10 million views in a week, which, you know, back in 2007, 2008, that was a big deal. Um, and, uh, but it also inspired people around the world to go out and freeze in place. And this sort of like, you know, I don't really like the term flash mob and we started improv everywhere prior to that term's invention. Um, but I think that Green Central project kind of brought the flash mob into the YouTube era where people were, got inspired to go out and do things in train stations and do things in public spaces. Um, so yeah, I mean, to answer your question, there, there's been a lot of people who have taken our ideas and and done their own regional versions of them and um, you know occasionally I run into a problem where a brand won't go out and like exactly pop copy something every time without asking for permission but Uh um, you know more often than not they they reach out to us and say hey we like what you did can we sponsor something or can you make something for us
1: yeah that that I I'm thinking of Bill our our interview we we talked to some of the volunteers and organizers for SantaCon? SantaCon yeah and mm-hmm. in New York City, that's a huge event once a year, but it happens what when we kind of learned all over the world, all these other countries, all these other dates, and it's not centrally organized by one person by any means. It's a lot of times just a group of like-minded individuals that like to dress up and they, they, they go on a pub crawl or in – I'm sure – if you compared New York City SantaCon to some other neighborhood SantaCon, it might even look, you know, drastically different. But a lot of it sounds like a lot of what you guys have been doing, or early on, like Bill. Not to be, it's not being copied, but it, it is like inspiring a, a, it inspires a variation, people to,
0: yeah, to derivative, to think, yeah. And how can I do something similar, maybe not duplicated, but I wanna I want to do that. Mm-hmm. How, what can I do yeah. to do that?
2: Yeah, it's been an interesting sort of line to walk for us because, you know, the the point behind Imprep Everywhere is to cause, our our slogan is we cause scenes of chaos and joy in public spaces. And it's really just about getting people to go out into the real world, use their city in an alternative fashion to bring comedy, to bring creativity into public spaces, uh, to brighten up an otherwise boring subway ride or an otherwise, you know, boring sidewalk and and bring just fun comedy to it. Um, so we, if we love seeing that idea spread and we love seeing similar things happening around the world, we also didn't create that idea either. I mean, there've been people doing happenings in public spaces for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, the, the challenging thing is as over the years, people have come to me and said, Oh, I want to start up, you know, improv everywhere, Denver. Um, and I sort of resisted that. Cause it's like, well, you're a random person from the internet. I don't think I want to give you, you know, the brand name the That we've created. But if you want to go start your own group and come up with your own name and do similar things, please do. And send me the videos. I can't wait to see them. And,
0: um, you know,
2: it's, it's, it's been nice. Yeah, it's been nice watching things spread. Well, yeah, because there's a whole story behind
1: how you got started. You know, for example, you're mentioning maybe brands are coming to you now, and you're organizing much larger, you know, events and missions on an annual basis and even different one-offs. But uh, while you were first getting started, this wasn't your full-time job initially, right? You know, what uh, what other jobs did you have when you were first starting? You know, improv everywhere.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, it was. It, I don't think I sort of quit my day job okay. until maybe five, six years in, in, into the project. Um, yeah, I, you know, I moved to New York and I, I started working for a temp agency, um, which is what a lot of people did back then, probably still do. Uh, and I would just get sent out on random jobs. I'd work the reception desk at a, a law firm or a record label or an ad agency, um, you know, just all sorts of all sorts of random work, uh, office work. But, I, I, you know, I, some, some actors and creative types gravitate towards working in restaurants. But for me, I wanted to be working at a desk job where I had access to a computer and where every second I wasn't working, I could be building my website or on AOL instant messenger with my friends coming up with ideas for the next project. Um, that, that was my strategy, just basically treating whatever temp job I had as my my office for improv everywhere.
0: I'm liking this word project. I'm going to start using that word for things. Yeah. Give, like, me, give me a for example. Like for what? Uh, I've got a new project coming up where I'm going to try to go Christmas shopping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with my
0: friend, with
1: my friend Gary. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Why not? Tell me more about it just that project. Sound, it just makes it sound so much more intense and and and, and big. It's a project. It's not a chore. It's not an idea. It's, it's I, have a, I have a project coming up tomorrow, Rich. I'm going to go to a hockey game.
1: <laughs> well, you know, a lot well, of people... Want... <laughs> go ahead, Charlie.
2: I was going to say, if you want to get really fancy, you can use the terminology that we use on our website, which is calling these projects missions.
0: Oh, yes. So,
2: you know, <laughs> <laughs> even better.
1: Yeah, and then give them a number, mission Mission
0: 27. No, the projects <laughs> I'm going to use for the... Uh, the, the the DJ trivia bars because they are some of them are projects. Oh,
1: some of their actual yeah.
0: projects. There's yeah, some are really projects.
1: Well, you know, if you bring us back, uh, Charlie, just a little bit uh, before we hear about some of your successes, you know, what was the response like when you guys were first starting out with some of these uh, projects and missions?
2: Well, a lot of the work that we did, really almost all of it in the early days was unauthorized, so we were you know coming up with ideas uh and just going out and doing them and not asking anybody's permission so we had a couple of run-ins with with police early on um it, even it was that was never the goal like we weren't trying to get arrested we were trying to just do something that was funny and positive but You know, we're also doing an unexpected performance often in somebody else's property. So it happened. Uh, One of the most memorable incidents was we got about 80 people together to wear blue polo shirts and khaki pants and go into a Best Buy in in Manhattan. (laughs) So as you guys know, that is the uniform of a Best Buy employee. Yes, it is. (laughs) Basically gave them 80 80 extra employees one afternoon, Um, you know, but. It wasn't meant to piss them off. it was meant to just sort of like cause funny. a little bit of chaos and joy it'd be funny um, and I, and most of the employees thought it was really funny. A lot of them were taking pictures with us and you know, joking about putting us to work and asking us to move around some heavy TV sets. Um, but the uh, managers and security guards called 911 uh, pretty quickly. Let's just assume something's I w- getting I would stolen. love to
1: hear that that 911 call. 911, uh, what's your emergency?
0: We have too many employees.
1: <laughs> Slow down, sir. What's your emergency? There's 80 of us. There's only supposed to be four.
2: <laughs> so what- but it was... Uh- it was a great ending to, to it because the police showed up and, you know, you can actually, we have them, we recorded them in the video and <sighs> they're talking to the manager and, and, you know, basically they say, look, uh, you can ask these people to leave your store, but it's not illegal to wear a blue polo shirt <laughs> and khaki <Kaki> pants. pants. <laughs>
1: Well, that you you bring up a good point cuz like if you end up in handcuffs or so you oh. get like a ticket uh or someone's got to bill you out. It's not so funny anymore but just because it's that's a little bit of an inconvenience, but uh with a lot of these like you said they were they were unauthorized. There's it doesn't sound like there was too harsh of a of a, you know, like a backlash or anything, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean for that particular one we just got asked asked to leave. Um I have been in handcuffs a couple times um most memorably, when I staged a fake U2 concert on the roof of my apartment, um, I, I used to live uh, in, in Manhattan across the street almost from Madison Square Garden, like, like about a block and a half away from Madison Square Garden. And my roommate and I saw that U2 was coming to play four nights in a row at the Garden. This is back in 2005 when um, they had recently come through the city doing an unannounced concert on the back of a flatbed truck. And then obviously they're known for like the rooftop concert uh, that they did in Los Angeles, where the were "the streets have no name" video. Um, so we thought that it would be fitting if, if the first night of these concerts, if U2 did a unannounced rooftop show on our roof, and we would just have to provide a fake U2. And uh, my my roommate, who I created this with, Chris Kula, he was a drummer and he was he already had a band. So his band got together four U2 covers and dressed up like U2 and. We set up, you know, the drum kit and the PA system and everything on our roof, four stories up, across from the garden, and had them play this four-song set about an hour before the U2 show was supposed to start. Um, and uh, it was it was pretty awesome. There were, very quickly, there were a couple hundred people in this on the sidewalks, you know, screaming and singing along. And um, we seated it with about fifty actors who were who you know ran down and stopped and then all of a sudden other people are stopping and getting out of cars. And, uh, it looked very much like they were the streets happening. And then, but yeah, it was super fun.
0: So what's wrong with that?
2: So what's wrong with that is that, uh, did I don't you, know. I mean, did you advertise much- like
0: that you two was, like, was there a sign saying that you, this was you two Some or? strange, uh,
1: ordinance where you can't, uh, wear a wig and stand on a roof at the same time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was much simpler than that. It was just that we were being too loud Uh, so, uh, all of a sudden the the cops were trying to find us, trying to figure out how to get up on the roof. And I had uh, a friend, uh, dress up in a security outfit with like security hat and jacket on. And I had him on purpose stand in front of not my door, but the building next to me, um, Yeah, so the cops <laughs> were there, and that, that particular building didn't have any roof access, so th- that bought us about five minutes. If we, to,
0: if we talk to Charlie again, we have to do it in person. <laughs> I, I, want, we... I
1: think there's definitely one guy, we'll talk about that later, there's an event coming up I want to... Uh, that, I mean, that made me laugh, it's like, all right, uh, which, I need your help, what do you need me to do? Uh, so you're going to stand by this door, okay, what am I guarding, protecting, I got to check it. No, 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 this door leads to nothing, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to look really official,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we didn't have that much forethought, really. I just – I thought that it was like a realism thing. If U2 was actually on the roof, there would be security somewhere. Right. And then I thought, I thought I don't really want him to stand in front of my door because I don't want people to try to get into my building to fuck yeah. U2. Oh, so just man. stand in front of my neighbor's door. But the cops, they eventually came up the fire escape and, uh, and stopped us all. And my friend, who was playing Bono, uh, was a bit of a method actor. and He refused to drop characters, which was <laughs> a Really dumb, dumb idea. Uh, the you know the cops asked to see his ID, and he's like, "I don't need an ID. I'm Bono." Um, so they so they immediately cuffed him. Uh-huh. And then I went up. I went up to the police and said, "Hey, um, this is my apartment. I organized all this. I'm responsible for it." And they were like, "Okay, cuff this guy too." Oh boy. Uh, but that's what i wanted like if my friend was in handcuffs for my my crazy idea i wanted to go down with the ship uh, but we got a, a summons to community court for an unreasonable noise charge which uh, which was
0: dismissed thankfully that's great quick break
1: to talk about podcaster sometimes life's best moments seem to pass by too quickly so why not record those moments And the audio becomes a podcast for you to share. From that first part-time job to that time you almost got arrested. The professionals at podcasterstory.com record an audio interview of you telling your story. And the final product is a podcast you can share online with family, friends, and the world. Tell your story in your own words with podcasterstory.com. And our listeners get 20% off your first recording. Just mention promo code GTS. That's 20% off your first recording with podcasterstory.com by mentioning promo code GTS. And now back to our interview with Charlie. Yeah, it's events like that that probably started to gain you this, this following that you're, you're known for now. So, uh, You've had some successes, but also some hurdles to overcome. If you could maybe tell us a little bit about that that pilot for NBC that you you were working on a while back.
2: Yeah, yeah. That was um, that was a big turning point for us. Um, and that was in, in 2007. And so we had a couple of hits in the early days of YouTube. And all of a sudden, you know, TV producers started emailing saying, hey, we think this should be a television show. Um, and we, we got partnered with a good producer and ended up selling a half-hour pilot to NBC, um, and which was uh, really exciting to make. All of a sudden, we were not making projects on a zero dollar budget or, you know, whatever I could afford. Um, we were, you know, working with, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for, for a project. Um, and uh, we did uh, a really, really fun event called the best game ever for this NBC pilot, where we turned a little league baseball game out in a suburb of Los Angeles, kind of a small beach town. Uh, and we took this 10 year old league baseball game and turned it into a major league game by having a huge mob of fans show up, by having a jumbotron rise up in the outfield during the first inning that had all the players' photos on it. We worked with the league commissioner to get all their names and all the pictures. And we had a professional sportscaster, Jim Gray, uh, called the game from their little wooden booth behind home plate. And then at the very end of it, we had the Goodyear blimp fly over the game with uh, with like the names of the teams on the LED screen there, so it was a whole new whole new ball game, pun intended, to, <laughs> to be able to work, work with a budget like that. Super fun.
1: It sounds like a lot went right. So, uh, for for the listeners, if you can maybe take them behind the scenes with the whole pilot process. I mean, in looking back, reflecting, what went wrong with with that experience?
2: Well, what went wrong is that ABC didn't pick it up. Um, you know, and and that's. That's how it goes. You never know. It ended up the, the head of NBC, who had, had bought our show, uh, got fired sort of during our pilot process. And then a new guy came on and kind of just swept the table clean of, uh, of all the old guy's shows. Um, so that was that's pretty much what happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of of, of struggles, it was definitely it was definitely a blow to us because you know, everything had been building up to this moment and we were getting more and more popular every year. And we sold a show to NBC and it felt like this is amazing. Now we're going to do all these, you know, giant videos. Um, and then, you know, as fast as we got it, it was taken away and we were back to doing zero dollar budget stuff with friends on the streets. And, uh, you know, it, it it was kind of tough to figure out what the next move should be. Um, and I'd gotten an, an agent during this process. Um, his advice to me was like, you need to move on, find a new idea. Improv Everywhere is a used car at this point. Nobody's interested in buying it now that it's you know, a failed TV pilot. Um, but I I knew that this is, this is at this point, it's like early 2008, and I knew that YouTube was only getting bigger and that we were sort of in on the ground floor. So I ignored that advice, ended up eventually firing him, and we just – kept on going and kept on making stuff for youtube and really that that's when we started taking off and those those years following that um as as online video exploded
1: yeah for for the listeners who maybe aren't aren't as familiar with the tv pilot process i i've heard that it is it has been compared to like planning the trip of a lifetime where you're researching you get the plane tickets passports and you're planning every little experience you're going to have and then at the last minute someone tells you the airports shut down indefinitely <laughs> and you're just like well not, now what you know because there uh, if there's 500 pilots maybe maybe 10% get picked up maybe and make it so yeah. so i mean it can be it could be a defeating experience but you speaking of youtube i mean you you guys have roughly two million subscribers um, <laughs> we talked to a youtuber last season uh, Matt, granite, Matt who, granite he's the deal guy on all the news shows and he goes to the show in Las Vegas and he does the Black Friday deals and he was telling cool. us off air about he got his uh, his uh, I think it was a silver play button did you guys uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> did you guys get your gold play button from YouTube
2: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have a gold play button on my living room wall. I'm very, very proud of it. That, what's
1: uh, what?
0: Is it is it bigger than the silver one, and does it work?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's in a big case. It's very heavy. Um, we had to like take a lot of care in like putting it up on the wall. Um, but didn't want it falling down on somebody. But uh, it's uh, yeah, I think it's bigger than the silver one. I mean, it's for people with a million subscribers. And now there's like a diamond one for 10 million subscribers, which we're, we're a long way away from.
0: Well, uh, you're, you're doing a show with us, so you'll get there real quick. <laughs> <laughs> there we
2: go.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, just the experience of, uh, of having this new company kind of the starting from the ground up for you and then concurrently YouTube starting, and now they have – you know, just millions and millions and millions of, of videos and users and subscribers. So I'm thinking, you know, for you guys, you have so many online videos. I know it's going to be hard to pick. You mentioned the YouTube one, the Best Buy one. Uh, can you tell us about the one, there was a, a surprise wedding reception I, uh, that you guys did for a couple getting married?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a really fun one. Um, that was, uh, we, we had the idea of, Let's find a random couple that's getting married at City Hall here in New York City um, and surprise them with a wedding reception full of strangers. Uh, So we went down to the office of the city clerk near the mayor's office downtown, and I sort of scouted out looking at all the various couples who were getting married that day. And I tried to find a couple that looked like they were, you know. One, marrying for love, because then, you know, probably some people who are marrying for citizenship and things like that. Um, <laughs> but I found a really nice couple. And it, they had, like, a, a few family members with them. Like, their parents seemed to be there. Um, so, and they were dressed. They dressed up for the occasion. So, it looked like it was uh, a good candidate. And when they left the building, I, I was wearing a suit. And I approached them. And I claimed to be from the mayor's office, which I was not. And I said, hey, I'm from the mayor's office. Um we're offering one lucky couple each day a free wedding reception in the park across the street. Would you be interested? And they said, yeah, OK, sure. So we took them across the street and we had these giant white tents set up um, and I, they were six bridesmaids all wearing matching dresses and six groomsmen in tuxedos. Uh, and we had a wedding cake and we had wedding gifts that uh, our, our people had brought um, and a DJ. And it was, uh, you know, we ended up just having a wedding reception with this these two strangers and, you know, their four or five family members. And the bride danced with their actual dad and our fake maid of honor gave a toast. <laughs> and our fake best man gave a toast. It was really fun.
0: So, uh, speaking of weddings, here you mentioned earlier you have a three-year-old who is going to be pantsless. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's
2: probably pantsless most (laughs) most of the time.
0: Most of the time, anyway, right? Yeah. Uh,
2: Yes. Yeah, more than more than your average person.
0: Can you explain how the family is, uh, you know, basically involved with what you're doing?
2: Yeah. So my my wife Cody is an actress, and uh, she's been a part of improv everywhere for a long time um as a, as a performer she, she played princess leia on uh the subway when we did our star wars subway car project where darth vader darth vader barges in on the train um and uh she's also worked on the production side producing some of our touring events for many years and then she's a successful actress uh, in, in her own right does her own stuff she's working on a, a showtime show right now um but, yeah, it's, it's been a great partnership, and, and, you know, having having a kid and being able to, you know, bring him to these events has been super funny. Uh, my wife and I actually, we did a, did a prank at our wedding that we filmed, and we weren't planning on putting it on YouTube, and then it went really well, so we ended up putting it on the YouTube channel. Um, but we had at the wedding a... Uh, in the moment that they don't really do in non-TV weddings, where the officiant says, "Does anybody have any objections?" We had a, a guy stand up in the back row, dressed as a professional wrestler, um, friend of mine, friend of mine actually, who had a wrestling character that he does. Uh, and he said, like, "I've got a problem with this wedding." And he all of a sudden, Stone Cold Steve Austin music starts playing, and he barges down the aisle and starts throwing punches at all the groomsmen, um, <laughs> and then eventually. Uh, and my wife throws me a chair and I hit him over the back with a steel chair and we finished the wedding. So it was, it was fun. I mean, it, we, we were under so much pressure because all of our family and all of our friends were wondering like, yeah. Oh, you know, the, the improv everywhere guys get married. It. What's the prank going to be? Yeah.
0: The prank is we didn't do one. That could have been it. That could have been it.
2: We, we seriously considered that, and then we we're like, you know, what, we'll make people wait to the last possible second of the wedding, and then have something crazy. Yeah,
0: at the end, you just this wasn't a real wedding. <laughs> you got to sit through another one. You got it's next weekend. Uh, yeah, no, they're probably
1: expecting something during the reception, like some sort of you know, cake, somebody pops out of the cake, or it explodes, or you know, something like that. So it, I think it was good to do it right before the kiss. That's. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome yeah exactly you know oh, you mentioned at the start of the interview that you and your wife have a podcast together can you tell us a little bit about the, the show you
2: do yeah so we started it about two years ago and it's a live show that we do at the upright citizens brigade theater in new york city and release it as a podcast it's called two beers in a tipsy political roundtable and the concept is we get a panel of comedians and journalists. We've had people from MSNBC like Katie Turr, Steve Kornacki, Joan Walsh, uh, and we've mixed them up with writers from late-night comedy shows like The Daily Show and Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert. Um, And everybody chugs two beers at the start of the show, and then we have uh, like a Meet the Press or Real Time with Bill Maher type roundtable.
1: You know some of the beers Bill and I like, uh, we oh they're, they're they're a little high in alcohol. You know the stouts and the porters, so that could be kind of dangerous. Do you guys try to stick to the <laughs> like the the Coors Lights or the you know what I mean the the non. Yeah, I'm
2: a I'm a big beer geek, and one of the early iterations of of the show, um, I brought like a, a pretty nice IPA like. Seven and a half percent or something, and it was just a terrible idea.
0: Um, <laughs> Chugging IPAs so, <laughs> is a bad idea.
2: Yeah, it is. So we usually do we usually do session IPAs actually, which I mean, even are a little hard to chug. But but alcohol wise, you know, usually in like the four and a half percent range. You chug two four and a half percent beers quickly, you're gonna be a little bit tipsy. But the, the concept of the show is not for people to be sloppy drunk. It's to be just tipsy enough where you're a little more honest. You're you know a little more willing to you know, speak your mind
1: and how's the live format going for you is there like is it audience participation are they chugging beers too or or what does that look like
2: <laughs> yeah there's a bar at the theater where where we do it we're actually doing a show um coming up on january 12th at the bronx brewery um which we're, we're excited about that um but uh yeah the audience is a little lubricated as well and um it's fun. We, we we like the live format. I think, you know, it works well for comedy. And then we occasionally will we'll do episodes in between the live shows, too, where we, you know, interview somebody uh, about a particular issue.
0: That's
1: fun. Yeah, definitely. Check. We could do this. Yeah, definitely check that out. Well, Bill, has his uh, he has a business that we've talked about in earlier episodes involving bringing people to and from uh, different breweries. I was just talking and...
0: about drinking two beers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm thinking big picture, (laughs) Bill's thinking uh, small picture, but that's uh, that's par for the course. I will definitely drink or drink two beers with you, Bill. But I was thinking we could uh, go to a brewery, and uh, (laughs) we're going to need some guys dressed up by the door for crowd control. Yeah, you you know, we used to when we first started the podcast, go to locations. You know, you're just starting out. We would we would go to a restaurant. We'd go to someone's business. And that we've had a few hecklers uh, from time to time, and that, that's always fun, uh, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> but when you're first starting out and you don't really know how to deal with it, that was uh, it's a little bit of a challenge. I was just like, this guy's being rude. What's his problem? But uh, it's, I apologized. I
0: said I was sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, we, we always like to sort of uh, ask you uh, to look ahead a little bit. You have had you know so much success with organizing events and missions and making videos and running in, improv everywhere. So, what are you looking forward to in the near future?
2: Yeah, we're, we're gonna keep doing what we do. We've got you know our annual events like the No Pan Subway Ride. Uh, this summer, we'll be doing our MP3 Experiment Project, which is another annual event where we get thousands of people together in New York City who are all listening to the same audio file via our iPhone or Android app. Um, and they, they they have, in addition to music, there's secret instructions and things to do. So you'll have 2000 people in a public park listening to these instructions on their headphones who all of a sudden drop down to the ground at the exact same time or uh, start, you know, forming a single file line behind one unsuspecting person. It's a, it's a super fun event. So we'll be doing that and, and putting, you know, content out on the YouTube channel and then, uh, also working on other things, where, you know. As I said, we just made a TV pilot, so we're we're hopeful that something will happen the that. If not, we'll be pitching the next one, and um, you know, working working with stuff for brands as a production company as that comes up, and just trying to stay busy.
1: You know what? Speaking of your MP3 project, Bill, that's the tying back to what we. We're saying before that's the thing I think you and I might have some fun with if we uh, you know can make it to New York City because oh yeah it, we've done this we've done the silent dance party thing mm-hmm. we're, we're mm-hmm. to scavenger hunts we got
0: thrown out of a mall <laughs> scavenger <laughs> hunt
1: it was well you know again we, we didn't we didn't have permission to be there but
2: um, everybody should be thrown out of a mall some point in their life <laughs> that's true
1: yeah yeah. They just ask you to leave persistently until you either tell them to go away and lose them, <laughs> or you just leave. It wasn't really toss, but yeah.
0: So, what advice would you? Um, you know, obviously, like I, I said right when we started, like these are things that I've thought about, but I've never. I'm not capable of doing, but the thoughts are there, and I'm sure there's there's millions of people who have like someone on the getting on a subway without pants on, or, or all this <laughs> stuff like what what advice would you give someone that that to to actually follow through with this uh maybe it doesn't even necessarily need to be in, in exactly what you're doing but it's it's off the wall it's different and uh you're successful with it so how how would you tell somebody else to to do it
2: yeah i think my advice for anybody who is you know looking to get into any creative endeavor whether it's you know starting your own band or Painting or, or any kind of creative writing is to just not wait for anybody else to give you permission. You know, don't don't feel like you have to have uh, a book deal to write a book or, you know, to ha- have somebody want to fund your movie to make your movie. Just go out and make it with what you got. And, you know, do that do that ultra low budget version and put it out on the internet and, you know, see what people think. And I, I think it's important just to, just to make, just to go out there and, and create and, and try to bring your ideas to life. And you learn so much by doing that. I mean, I, I, I've now been doing this for I guess about 16 years and I feel like I'm so much better at it than, than I was at the beginning. And, and, you know, with, with every project that doesn't go exactly like you want, you're, you're learning something and you're getting better for the next one.
1: Yeah, great advice. Because you surprise the people around you when you just sort of put yourself out there. I um, I had a coworker who, you know, I knew was uh, artistic and and was into drawing and painting. But right around the holidays, came out with her own um, like adult coloring book, more so like pen and ink drawings of cityscapes and landscapes, and it was Buffalo themed. And people just fell in love with it because uh, you know, there's that there's that whole. I don't know, just side of, I didn't know this was something that you did and, and I'd love to buy it. Where can I buy it? And she self-published it like on Amazon and I uh, made like the perfect, uh, perfect gift around the holidays and, and something, awesome. yeah, something small like that is the stepping stone to something who knows, you know, 20 years later, you're, uh, you're still going strong. So that's great. You know, well, well, Charlie, I think this was awesome. And one more time for people, where's the best place for them to find out a little bit more about you and, uh, improv everywhere.
2: I'd say go to improveverywhere dot com and and join our email list. We only send out an email when we've done a new project, uh, and you can also check out the podcast if you're if you're into politics. Um, two beers in a tipsy political roundtable is uh, available on Apple Podcasts and and all the other places you get podcasts.
0: Awesome, yeah. Thanks so much, Charlie. Yeah, this was a lot of fun for us, and um, congratulations on your success and and doing it the way uh, that you you set out to do it.
2: Well,
0: thanks so much, guys. This has been awesome. Charlie, Todd, Bill. It's all the stuff that uh, I would need to like, wear a camera and to do it. I don't think I could. Uh, you would be the guy
1: that's like holding a hidden camera, yeah. participating, not like the guy that's trying to keep a straight face? That would be tough. It w- <laughs> I think you could do some of it. I think you I think could so. You could guard that door for the oh, YouTube yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I could totally see you in a blue shirt walking around. I want to do that. By. I want to do that
0: anyway. Yeah. I, that's the funniest one. Uh, maybe Target. Yeah. Because they, they wear red and...
1: Well, when you know, tying back to our intro, I think we should totally check out that MP3 project because we don't mind no. the scavenger hunt game, the, yeah, the headphones that. game, mm-hmm. that, and and I trip to New York City in a couple of months when
0: the, when things start to thaw out and get warm. That'd be I, great. I really want to hear that nine one one call though. You're right <laughs> from Best Buy. Uh,
1: I love listening to like those nine one one calls where somebody's like calling which, the police your emergency. Yeah, uh, exactly. Everyone's
0: wearing the same shirt. Uh,
1: yeah, well you know I Charlie's a pro and like he said he's been he's been at it for a while and he feels like he's hes just keeps getting keeps getting better and better and to our listeners definitely check out his podcast mm-hmm. um if you're if you're into that uh, sort of political commentary scene and
0: uh, <laughs> very similar to us oh just the beer drinking <laughs> well, just the beer just
1: the two beers in idea absolutely yeah well thanks so much again for uh, for Charlie for doing the show hmm And we're going to have to put ourselves out there a little bit, Bill. I think maybe with your bus... We might yeah. be able to organize a, an event or two on some off the days. The bus is
0: live by the way. I know you, I think I sent you a text. Message, we got a we're bus good to go. We are the bus Brew Bus Buffalo is uh trademarked and state approved and uh, we're going to start tours in February. All right, you want to plug that? Send sure. send people Why not? to a website anywhere? Brewbusbuffalo.com or? Or? and Brew Bus Buffalo on Facebook and Brewbus Bu- it's Brew Bus Buffalo on everything.
1: Well, what what good news to sort of kick off the Holy new year. Congratulations. It took
0: 19 months. <laughs> 19. I don't months. think we were doing a podcast yet on when you just, first got it,
1: uh, yeah. well, congratulations, Bill! I can't wait to get on there and check out some of the breweries. And I'll tell you what, too, Charlie, you're inspiring us. If you're still listening at this point, <laughs> <laughs> we got to do a live one at one of these breweries. We get.
0: We should get. We could pack people with blue shirts on the bus. Yeah, and just go uh, to Best Buy.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna call it research and development. I want to. I want. I want some free rides on this bus, and you'll be like, "What's Rich doing on the bus again?" Oh, just research. Just research. And, yeah, just research, and eventually we'll. Hey, we, pick there's one of Wi-Fi. These there's
0: Wi-Fi on the bus, and there's power. There's a uh, power on the bus. We could. We could, literally drive around and and do this.
1: Okay, season finale. You want to do it on the bus? On
0: the bus while we're while we're moving. Look at us
1: making New Year's resolution mm-hmm. goals or <laughs> something like that uh well guys, thanks so much for tuning in and let Charlie know that you listen to his story uh, you know send him a tweet, hey heard you on the show and uh, you know check out his podcast and, and some of his videos
0: as well. And set your goals
1: right and everyone
0: have a uh, terrific 2018.
1: Absolutely and as always, I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton until next time.